Was it 54? Episode 54? I think so. So I can keep track of the time. <laughs> oh boy. Hello friends and welcome to episode 54 of From the Van. It's a podcast from, from my, my van. van where I have conversations with people who have relationships with residential vehicles. I'm your host, Marty Benson, and here with me today in the van, whether I like it or not, is Colette Hamilton. Uh, we are in week two of the California pandemic shutdown and Colette has experienced uh, two electronic deaths in the family this week that have nothing to do with the pandemic outbreak. Yeah. What's going down, bud? So, uh, a couple weeks ago, my computer uh, had some issues happen to it, uh, and I took it into a repair place in La Jolla to get it fixed, and it is not repairable. So that was really fun, uh, start to the week, the computer not repairable. So now, and I didn't have everything saved, so, uh, and honestly, this is like the second time that's happened to me, and I've never learned my lesson to back up everything on my computer. Never learned that lesson, so, you know, be smarter than me. Just uh, because, just because I feel obligated to twist the knife, we should note that when she says some things happened to her computer, that is, that is Hamilton for she poured beer into it. I didn't pour beer into it. <laughs> it spilled. Okay. 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 And what happened in the last one? Uh, it got tea. Oh, it got tea. It was in different. It. I know I spilled tea on the desk and the back of it because I was at one point in my life I dated this guy who thought it was sexy to throw my computer off the bed onto the floor before you know. Um, yeah, toxic masculinity. I've heard of that before. You know, it, and I was like, oh, okay. And so the back of it had a bit of a dent in it. Um, it was a Mac. Uh, where like it was ex it was like exposing all the insides of it. The guts, yeah. Um, sure. So I spilled some tea on a table and it got into the back of the computer. So I don't learn my lesson. That's the, the moral of the story. But what's really interesting right now is that uh, I can I am having a really hard time finding a refurbished Mac because everyone is buying them. Because of the pandemic, we switched over to remote work, and yeah. everybody needs a computer now. Where a month ago, when or two months ago, when I had to buy a new computer because I broke my computer, um, they were everywhere. It was super easy to get your hands on. Yeah, and I I was at the place, the repair place, and they're super nice. And I was like, "Well, do you sell refurbished backs?" And he was like, "We do usually, but we we don't have any left right now because everyone's bought them, and Best Buy is sold out." And Apple is sold out, so that's super fun. So I'm gonna have to find a computer somehow. Uh, and then the other very fun thing well, that we should what? say oh. that I'm uh, just gonna segue uh, is that we're in the van right now. We're yeah. we're sheltering in our mobile home. We've been staying at your mom's driveway because yeah. uh, she has an extra shower and shitter for us. But right now we're sheltering at home while moving, driving to Temecula. Uh, yep. Why are we driving to Temecula from Oceanside? Are you enjoying watching me hurt? Um, this is so fresh, I could still cry. Uh, I think it's important to get people in their moving times so that 
other people can experience solidarity okay. with their passion and um, emotions. Yeah. Um, well, my I have a 2004 Toyota Prius that we got new when I was a kid, and it got handed down to me when I got my driver's license. So I've had it for um, nearly 10 years in the hands of me. Um, it's the most amazing car ever. It's fantastic gas mileage, it's super sturdy, just a beautiful fucking car. Um, and the other day, all of its, uh, the Priuses are all like computerized. They have even old ass, but good computers in them. It's the 04. Um, and so the computer was showing all of the warning lights on for the vehicle. And we took it in and the Prius battery is dead. Um, and so if you know anything about that, they, a refurbished one costs at least $3,000 to replace and a 16 year old Prius with 260,000 miles on it is barely worth $1,500. So um, the car is now dead. So rest in peace to Finch, the Toyota Prius. Oh, Finch. Um, this is very depressing. If you've listened closely to the podcast. We also call him my closet. And they keep a lot of clothes in there. So now I don't have a car. Well, I mean, the, the silver lining is that we're stepping down right now since we haven't sold the Metris yet. We're stepping down from a three-car family to a two-car family, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, but hopefully we're going to sell the Metris. And then we'll just live in the van and not need three, need three cars, you know? Well, and see... Marty went for eight years without a car, uh, on a, and where he got a, around everywhere on a bicycle and um, public transportation. Um, I don't have as much skill as he does, so you know, the question is, at some point, do I have to get another car? That's a daunting question. When isn't you, it? it's it's interesting because when you live in a vehicle with another person, um, that's a pretty codependent relationship because the, you know, it's, we have to, you know, we go where the home, where our home is and we have to both be in the same area and the same place and figure out all that stuff. And we were, I mean, we've always been pretty much located in San Diego. So that made it with my car around like easy for me to go to other parts of San Diego to do work and come back. But without that, it would have made it a lot more difficult. Especially because where all, a lot of the theaters that I work at are not close to any public transportation. Or they are, but because California sucks when it comes to public, well, San Diego sucks when it comes to public transportation. When you get out of rehearsal at 11.30 at night, how do you get home? And Marty would say a bike. But some of us don't know how to bike 30 miles at night. So I don't know. Well, um... It's very loaded. There are a bunch of, there are a bunch of questions out there hanging, dangling in the air. Um, we're, we're experiencing a new level of minimalism because we're, we're driving out right now to go get the car and try to decide whether we get the dealer, the me mechanic to turn it over to salvage, 
or whether we try to get it to a salvage so that we can get a little money out of it. Um, but, you know, the, the irony, I think, part of the irony, is that we're living in a brave new world right now where we really don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Uh, sure. you know, I was talking to Aaron on the phone earlier. I wanna get him on the podcast one of these days. Um, he's got so many great insights about different things. Um, but he's been following this whole thing really closely. One of the things we were talking about is that one of the good things that's gonna come out of this is that there's been the infrastructure for remote work available for a really long time. And of course, it's only becoming faster and more robust and the options in terms of supervision and trading trading files and that sort of thing are just are getting faster and, and bigger. But there hasn't been the impetus, the political will or the societal desire to really enable it. And now it's sort of like everybody's, you're either doing it or you're work, working in one of those essential services where, you know, crackers have to be put on a shelf or whatever. It's, or you're unemployed. Or you're unemployed, uh, which both of us are now. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, the good news is that if this was going to happen uh, to your car, it's sort of like, I hate to say it, but it's a really, it's sort of like an ideal time for this to happen to your car in a moment where, at least for the next 30 days, we know that we're not really supposed to go anywhere anyway. Yeah, but we were, we were using it to go to the grocery store. Yeah, we usually drive it instead of this unless we need to take the house somewhere or, um, or am I supposed to be in the right lane here? Well, damn. Um, unless we need to take the house somewhere or like lug a bunch of stuff around, we would normally take the Prius, but I mean, that's, that's an economy that isn't, doesn't warrant owning a second car, I don't think, you know, mm -hmm. um, generally speaking. So, but well, so that begs the question, and I've been sort of wondering about this too. Aaron and I talked about this earlier on the phone. Uh, there's a real split right now in terms of the wisdom and advice and, and uh, opinions on a couple of things that are dear to my heart. Like the two of us right now are sort of momentarily unemployed, indefinitely, with some prospects uh, of getting gigs. Uh, but nothing really on our plate right now. It's sort of an ideal time for us to do the van life thing and go see some stuff, you know, and like camp out in the wilderness and do some BLM uh, boondocking or whatever. But is that really responsible, you know? Uh, there's know. a similar split in the surfing community. You know, half of the surfers that I know are saying, Surfing is one of the safest things I could possibly do. Why would anybody tell me not to do it? And then a lot of the other surfers that I know are saying, you know, it's surfing is awesome, but it's far more important for us to, you know, heed the stay-at-home orders and, and not be out, like, trouncing around and stuff. And I don't really know where I fall on it, you know? This is something that we... This is a trip that we really sort of have to make because we can't just leave your vehicle... We can't not get your stuff out of your vehicle, and we can't leave your vehicle in uh, in the shop indefinitely either. They need, they need to get rid of it, so this is something we have to do. 
but you know we're driving away from home base right now and I'm wondering if we ought to stay out there for a little while I can't really what do you think uh no not this week not this week not this week what about this week why this week um, because I'm about to be on my period. Oh, right. That's something. You're welcome, viewers, but <laughs> if you're a lady in a van, it is, I mean, I haven't figured it out, but I do not want to be away from a shower when it's that time of the month. Sure. Uh, Understood. If we can have a sort of outdoor shower, shower situation, which we don't have right oh, now. Oh, crap. We could have grabbed the shower head from the from the mattress and I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that too. Because it would totally um, fit yeah, on our well, new faucet. It's the same faucet. Yeah. Um, the thing is, we don't have an outdoor shower situation right now. Um, if we did, it would make boondocking a bit more appealing. But this week, absolutely not. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Understood. Deal. I had um, forgotten about that. It's just it's so uncomfortable to yeah. not have a really nice shower. There's just a lot going on. In that situation. Yeah. That's something else I've been... I really... I actually... Hopefully we can get... Figure out a way that we could do... Maybe a Zoom call or something. I'd like to kind of do a round table with um, some other van lifers. Because, you know, I know that everybody's sort of got it different. You know, I've been keeping in touch with Jared and Jenny and Alex, obviously. Um, and I know that both of them have situations where, you know, Jenny and Alex have their shop that they can stay at. Yeah. And, um, and then Jared has uh, sort of hunkered down next to Nomadic Customs up in Portland. Um, and that, so those are similar situations to what we have, you know, staying in your mom's driveway. But I'm really, I'm really curious about. Oh, and I talked to um, Drifter Journey yesterday. They're, uh, or maybe that was this morning. They're hunkered down at like their cousin, one of their cousins' house or something like that um, in Oceanside too. And I just sort of wonder about what everybody else is doing. I know that um, Caleb and Madeline are out on a trip. It looks like with uh, with Christian. And it looks like they've been staying in completely, you know, they've been only going to, like, deserted places. Yeah. And the only, the only real harm I see in doing that at the moment that comes to mind is the fact that you do, you have to take your dump in a gas station, right? And you have to go into a gas station to fill up every time you're out of gas. So the more you're driving, the more public contact you're going to have. Sure. But, I mean, I feel like, I feel like a whole lot of people, um in our current culture go out to eat two or three times a day anyway and to the extent that they're getting takeout I have my questions about how much interaction that constitutes you know um, so yeah. if you're going to the store once a day anyway then why shouldn't it be a gas station I guess yeah I keep thinking like part of me is like oh well if this is going to go on for a bit why not use it as remote vacation time? Right. But I'm also feel, I just feel weird about that and I don't quite know why. Yeah. But it, it just, it feels wrong. Right. So, I don't know. It does, it does sort of, but it, I don't know, we're going to have to get a spade. 
You're gonna have to learn to, to take a dump in the woods, no. in, the, in the ground. No, thank you. Because that's a limitation, right? But um, you know what Aaron was saying is like he he's like I don't see anything wrong with you doing that. What you should do is aim for a uh, you know a stream on federal land out in Colorado or something, and get a water filtration system and just stay there. Yeah. You know, learn to start foraging for, like, wild invasive species and stuff. And that's a very romantic what? idea. What? Foraging? Yes. How is that romantic? Living, literally living off the land? Minimalism is cute and sexy, but we're still doing all of the... We still have all the modern comforts of... Uh, the 21st century that we had before we moved into a van. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I feel bad and a little bit smug, but I feel bad for people who never learned to cook. Because what the hell are they doing right now? You know what I mean? Sure. In this in this time where you can't go to the bodega and get your pizza or, or whatever. Maybe um, you know that you can't forage for beer in the wilderness. I do, but I also <laughs> feel like a bit of a fraud drinking so much beer and never having brewed it. I'm very proud to say that I'm good at making fried chicken. I felt like a fraud for a while because I had never done that. Um, but yeah, no, foraging for food is like the next level, you know what I mean? That doesn't sound like fun to me. Well, I don't eat meat. What about I, just berries and nuts and shit? That's all the shit you eat made out of right now anyway. Grains, uh, nuts, and fruits, and vegetables. Cheese isn't made out of any of those things. That's true. Life without cheese. You could, uh, you milk a mountain goat. No, thank you. Why not? That sounds creepy. See? That's what I'm saying. I like the, the comforts of modern life. Me too, me too. But I think that, like... Knowing which, uh, I think like knowing which weed is uh, not healthy for the local environment and also tastes like arugula would be a dope skill set to have. Sure. Um, but, you know, if you get enough dry rice and beans, you can also just not do that and live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, right now we don't, we don't have a shower system, we don't have a water filtration system. So, how long we really stocked up just on, I mean, just thinking about water, how many days could we really go? We can get 12 gallons of water in the van, and that'll do us, that'll do us a week and a half, I guess. Um, unless we're showering. Yeah. If you're showering, you, oh boy, I feel like a one gallon shower is like a borderline miracle, you know? Well, that's what Jenny and Alex have. Because what it They've got that sponge the... thing. No, it just barely puts any water out. Oh. Um, I can't remember what that's called. They seem to be stoked. i got to talk to them. Because they seem to be stoked on it again. But it also, um, when they first used it, said it wasn't that great. And for anybody listening, I apologize. Because I have no way to give you any frame of reference. It's some new shower system that they have that... Apparently, you can take a full shower on a gallon of water, and it's got a heating element in it. And I can't remember what it's called. Maybe I'll put it in the link. Uh, uh, link in the bio. Or I think something they like posted that. about it on their Instagram. Oh so yeah. Just go over to 
Terra X and uh, find out for yourselves. Yeah, bother them. Ask them stupid <laughs> questions. How's your uh, mental health doing right now? Mine? Yeah. Uh, well, I was talking, yeah, I, pretty good, I think. It was hard for me getting into this, like, after about four or five, six days or something like that in the lockdown, I really got stressed out and sad for a day, yeah. real upset. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a jar to the system, man. Yeah. I, everybody, ev it, but the great thing, and my sister so um, brilliantly said that, you know, you would feel a lot more self-pity, I think, if everyone wasn't going through this right now. Yeah, for sure. You know, but everybody's doing it. Uh, the conference call I was on today has a bunch of, like, very clever, relatively high-profile um, environmental political actors, and everybody's just sort of aghast at what's going on, you know? It's a... It's a brand new situation for all of us. You know the worst part about losing my car? What's that? I'm just never going to have a car that good ever again. They don't make them like they used to, right? That's that cliche. They do, but I, don't have, kids a, these days. I don't have the money for it. Yeah. I can't get a new Prius. You but never man. had a new Prius, though. No, I did not. Oh. But still, that 04 got 45 miles to the gallon ran like a dream yep and, you know hopefully we can figure out a way to uh, hopefully we can figure out a way to either create our own individual um, mobility autonomy so that you and I can both go places without the van um, but at the same time I think the the other the other sort of goal to strive for is to create a situation where you don't need to go anywhere. You know? Yeah, but that's just never going to happen in the career that I'm in. I don't know. I mean, you're you're ba you're basing that on uh, on a world that used to exist and may again. I don't think that the coronavirus is going to change the future of theater. I think it's going to harm theater in a lot of ways financially, but I don't think it's going to change the form or how it's presented. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> the last, the last uh, two decades of political involvement for me have sort of made me decide that I don't really want to come to make assumptions about basically anything anymore because I really don't know. Oh, we are coming up to well, what? Oh, go ahead. Say it. I just, from what I know about the history of theater's been around a long time and all the history that I know about it and what it's been through, it's, it's not changed. There'll probably be some good art that comes out of this, but live theater will do its thing. As it has been. I hope, well, I, I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right. <laughs> we are coming up to 
a uh, border patrol zone. I wonder what they're looking for. I kind of hope we get stopped. They're not going to stop us. I, but it would be fun if we got stopped on the podcast. Don't be such a Debbie Downer. We're two white people. We're not going to get stopped. <laughs> Ooh. You know how many times I've been wearing this that privilege? Patrol? It's just I, I live here. This is what I I used to go through the border patrol every day to go to school. Yeah. How is your mental health? It's pretty shitty. Yeah. Pretty shitty. Tell me about it. Well. You know, like we just talked about, all of my things are broken, so that's super fun. And I don't have a job right now, so financially it's a lot, and I know that, you know, those things will turn up, um, but that doesn't make it a whole lot easier in the moment. Um, And it's just, it's hard, it's hard to not see people, it's, um staying at home all day like brings me back to a time where I was really depressed Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just not I don't know the connotation of it isn't great and so it's making the experience a bit um, colored already for me What, Um, what do you think you need what's gonna help Staying busy helps a lot. Staying in contact with people that I love helps a lot. Um, and finding a way to do art, to do my art in some way, will help. Good. And we have a um, we have a Zoom conference call tonight. Yeah. Now explain to me what we're doing, not just for the sake of the podcast, but also so that I know <laughs> what we're doing. My friend Gina and I. Uh, been collaborators for a long time and have produced a lot of projects um, ourselves and so we decided that we had a conversation about how do we make something right now how can we make art right now because we were just about to produce a project when this all went down and so we decided on two kind of places to start one is doing readings over zoom Maybe eventually over social media live stream-esque platforms. Um, so bringing up, getting a bunch of people together and presenting a play and just reading it together. Maybe for an audience. Tonight we're not doing it for an audience. Um, but just, you know, it's, it's good for, it's always good to just read plays and like be in the room with other artists. It's always good energy. So that's one of the things that we'd like to do and then we've talked about how we can make videos of things that we've written or pre-existing plays or adaptions or whatever where people can film their part of it. We can direct it via Zoom and people can record their piece, their monologue, scene, whatever it is at home. So you and I could do a two-person scene because there's two of us, but someone else where they're at home by themselves find a way to just have their part be on their own. And then we take all that and edit it together. It's probably going to be very difficult, but hell, we have a lot of time on our hands right now, so it doesn't matter that much. Sounds to but, me like you have a pretty good grasp on how to do theater uh, in the new world. That's not it theater, though. It's still not theater. It's it's film. It's like we're playing, now theater people are playing with film. We 
because that's what we have. I like it. So we'll see. I look forward to being involved. Hopefully I can read with enough gusto that I don't get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's nice to still do things and I should be reading more plays and maybe doing a little writing and things like that. Um, getting a new computer will definitely help. But I think, yeah, you gotta find some way to do things that you enjoy right now, at least for me, for my well-being. I think I said this before, I know I've told you, but I think I said this before on one of our pieces of media. But one of the, one of the things, I don't, I don't think I should feel guilty about this, I'm not really sure, but one of the things I've been noticing in my brain about this is that, like, There's this, like, element of, like, I don't know if it's, like, most plainly, most plainly I could describe it as just curiosity, but um, it might also be, like, disaster fetishism or something like that. As this unfolds, there's a part of me that's, like, excited in the same way that, like, that I was as a kid when there would be a hurricane like bearing down on Myrtle Beach. Just because the excitement to, to learn about the unknown and, and that sort of thing. I, I felt the same way when there was a bomb threat at my high school. I was like, we, we all got to go kick the hacky sack on the football field while they tried to determine whether it was credible or not. And you know, at, initially you're like, oh shit, the, the building's gonna blow up with me in it. But then once your individual safety is sort of stabilized there's this for me anyway there's this excitement about wow man what's the shit gonna do when it hits the fan you know? <laughs> what exactly is gonna be the fallout from this and I'm super I'm super curious about that and I guess one of the places that I've been able to sort of like calm myself is in just being cognizant of the fact that everybody's a part of this, everybody's being affected by this in some way or another, and there's not shit you can do about it, you know, except have as good a time as you can. And it's sort of changing my perspective on a bunch of things in that regard. Like, uh, I've enjoyed drinking beers over the internet talking to people that aren't in town with me and that makes me I got excited about the fact that my buddy Aaron is going to be in complete isolation alone by himself and that means that I have access to him whenever I want it you know <laughs> what I mean but it, it's making me rethink the fact that I always looked at FaceTime like eh, this left. that's not worthwhile for me you know what I mean sure. like I don't want to do that and to a, you know, to a certain degree, I do want to be with the people that I'm with. But if, you know, it's like, you don't know what you have until it's gone, right? With these new limitations, it's making me wonder, like, maybe I should have kept in touch with all of my good friends from college a little bit more and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Because they're effectively, you know, we went, we went to my sister, I went to my sister's house yesterday and we talked to each other through a screen door and we were 10 or 12 feet apart from each other. Yeah. And so effectively, all of my friends that live in the South now are just as close to me as everybody else except for you. 
Yeah, with technology that's these days, it's like we don't have an excuse not to keep in touch with people. Except besides time. Right, like, right. I, I will say though that like <laughs> I don't I don't know how to like quantify this without sounding like an asshole, but like if you're uh out of out of 10, if you're a uh 7 out of 10 in quality of people that I know and I but I know an 8 that's across the country that I have to be on FaceTime to talk to. I'd rather hang out with you in person. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Um, You're so grumpy about phone calls. <laughs> Am I going this way? To the left. To the left. All right, we're going to attempt to go to Trader Joe's. And uh, we should probably I'm not going to go in. You're not going in. That's what we've been doing is that I'm the shopper. Um, and But we need to sit in the van for a couple of minutes and talk about what we're going to try to get. Before I go in there, uh, is that a good place so to into the podcast? Yeah, I don't really know what we talked about, but hopefully something is interesting in here. Well, I feel like um, I feel like I feel like nobody has the answers right now, and to the extent that everybody has a whole lot of time, hearing about the fact that the two of us have dealt with. Um, you know, anxiety and stress and sadness around this uh, might make them, you know, might be interesting or comforting to them. And, and certainly insofar as everything in your world is crashing down, it can make them feel a little bit better than you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. All right. Well, let's do our shopping list. Thank you guys for listening. If you're still here, I apologize if the sound quality was shit. Um, this was just the opportunity that we had to record something because we were going to be in the car for 45 minutes. Stay safe out there and... Um, take care of yourselves. Yeah, take care of yourselves. Keep in touch. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, we will uh, try to come up with some other new content for From the Band Podcast by next Tuesday.